0: what works with social media. Today I'll be joined by Michaela Alexis and we'll explore organic LinkedIn marketing. You're going to love it. By the way, want to reach me on Instagram? I am at Stelsner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Also, if you're new to this podcast, hit that subscribe button. I've got a great lineup coming your way. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Michaela Alexis helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Michaela Alexis. If you don't know who Michaela is, you need to know who she is. She's a LinkedIn expert, an official LinkedIn learning trainer, a coach, a consultant, someone who helps businesses master their LinkedIn organic presence. She co-authored the book, Think Video, Smart video marketing and influencing, Michaela. Welcome to the show.
1: I'm so excited to be back. I feel like it's like a reunion show.
0: I am glad you're back. I was supposed to say welcome <laughs> back, and my tongue got like in the way.
1: <laughs> I hope you didn't forget about our. No, last conversation. of course not. It says
0: right here, welcome back. You know, so today, Michaela and I are going to explore organic LinkedIn marketing strategies that work today. And I want to start with a why question, Michaela. A lot of the people that listen to this podcast are all in on Facebook and Instagram, but maybe they've not really realized what's been going down over on LinkedIn. So why should marketers kind of pay attention to what's been going on on LinkedIn, especially if they haven't really been back in a while?
1: Yeah, well, you know, what the thing is, I I find it so interesting that people make that comparison between Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, because I feel like each one of them kind of serves its own purpose. And people have their own intentions on each one of the platforms. And LinkedIn, for me, I, I mean, I've always described it as basically the world's largest professional networking event. And so people go on there to they're they're there to grow and connect and learn and meet new people. And so that might be a little bit different than other platforms where people are kind of. Of looking for an escape, or they're looking to reconnect with friends and family, and so I think it's important to kind of make that distinction so that people really understand, you know, why LinkedIn is important for professionals and especially for for marketers.
0: Yeah, what I'm hearing you say is intent is a big difference, right?
1: It's a huge difference, and especially now, you know, with so many people working remotely, people still have that craving for togetherness for the workplace. I mean, there's people that love going to an office. I'm not one of those people, but there are people that love being part of the team, having coworkers. And with people missing that, they're looking for other places to be able to still have those connections and still have that network. And so LinkedIn has really stepped in and become, you know, I I just mentioned it's a networking event, but a lot of people will also refer to it as this big workplace, this global workplace where you can meet new people and, and collaborate with them.
0: What is the upside to marketers who aren't on the platform? Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know if people actually know or understand how big LinkedIn actually is. So they're close to about 700 million users on LinkedIn, which their growth has been phenomenal over the past year. 45% of internet users who make more than $75,000 a year annually are using LinkedIn. And this is my favorite stat, four out of five LinkedIn users drive business decisions at their companies. So not only is the quantity there on LinkedIn, but the quality is there as well. Anybody that you would possibly want to be talking to, all the people that have the leverage to really make a difference in your career and in your business are hanging out on LinkedIn.
0: Well, and I want to say something to the Facebook marketers that are listening. It's nearly functionally identical to Facebook. And a lot of my friends that used to be really, really active on Facebook, but were frustrated because of maybe algorithm changes on Facebook, have Mm -hmm. kind of said, I'm going to just go live on LinkedIn because it feels so much similar. And it is really interesting. Like the people that are active on LinkedIn in my network are not active on Facebook so there could be a big part of your audience that you're missing. You don't even realize it, right?
1: Yes. And you know what's interesting? I just saw, uh, saw a stat the other day that blew my mind. 92% of people on LinkedIn are also using YouTube. Mm. And I'm not sure why that connection exists, but I think it's really interesting for anybody listening that has either done a lot of marketing on YouTube or is in the YouTube world and is looking at other places where they can branch out into. But yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people on LinkedIn, only use LinkedIn. That's what's really unique about it is that people consider that their home and they're almost like anti-social media. So they'll hang out on there, maybe on Twitter, but there really isn't that strong correlation between people that are using Instagram, Facebook, and then also LinkedIn.
0: Let's talk about the news feed on LinkedIn. And I don't even know if they call it the newsfeed, we'll call it the feed, but <laughs> what kind of content works today on LinkedIn and what doesn't? Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I have no idea as well, whether it's a news feed or a feed. I think they're all just feeds. But I have noticed there's been a whole bunch of both technical and cultural shifts on LinkedIn over the past year. So one thing that I've noticed this year has really been this shift to more personal content. So this is something that was happening prior to the pandemic, but it definitely has increased once people were quarantined and, and began working remotely. Because think about it, right, all of a sudden, many professionals, sometimes with zero distinction between work and home life are now kind of trying to figure out what a professional looks like and and shares online. So a lot of the content on LinkedIn used to be about here are the awards that I've won and here's this promotion that I got where a lot more people are starting to share more authentic, more vulnerable content either text or photo or text only posts that are really more centered around career challenges that people are trying to overcome. So I think that one's really interesting.
0: Well, and by the way, I think you do a great job at that, right?
1: Oh, thank you. So
0: you do a great job of just sharing the struggle of the entrepreneur, right? And just tell everybody why in the world that works, because some people might think, what the heck's the strategy behind that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that it all goes back. Well, number one, I think that we are wired for connection. And so this idea that professionals can kind of work in a bubble, <laughs> you know, literally at home, somebody else are stuck at home and we're, we, we don't have that team that is usually surrounding us. We don't have those coworkers that we're talking to every day, but we still need that. We still need that human connection. We still need to to know that we're not alone in our challenges and the reason that that works is that there are so many people that are dealing with the same issues you know whether you're dealing with fear of failure or rejection or imposter syndrome that's something that comes up a lot in the business world especially as people move up those are all real issues and people are looking for those genuine connections not just you know how many followers or connections can I rack up on LinkedIn but who can I connect with that's really gonna help me learn and grow and I think that's that's been a shift on LinkedIn that's happened this year as well, not just connecting with people because of their job title, or, you know, how much clout they have in the business community, but really, who are similar types of people that are going through something that I'm going through that I can really create community with. So I I think that's why it works is that people are really kind of like craving that real genuine connection.
0: When you post these stories, because you can have pretty lengthy posts, if I'm not mistaken, just as a text post, right? <laughs> yes. What are you doing? Are you just writing something? Are you putting a picture with it?
1: Ooh. So yes, I've always been kind of a writer first. Love video, but writing is my first love. And so it's really, it's it's formatted in a story. I always follow the the formula, the what, which is your story, what happened to you. And then so what, which is why it matters to the person that's reading your story and then what you want them to do next. So an example of that would be I failed my TEDx audition. And so I shared a story of that online. And then I go into, you know, what happened when I had the stage fright and then why it matters to the person listening would be something like, you know, if this happened to you, if you had stage fright when you were growing up and you're worried about failing, just get back up on stage and keep trying. And then, you know, something about resilience or something like that might be the overarching message in that. And then the call to action might be something like, have you ever experienced stage fright? Or do you know anybody that struggled with stage fright? Tag them in this post or share it with them. Um, or do you have any advice for somebody that has struggled with um, getting back on stage? That would be my call to action. So it's always the what, the so what, and then the now what. Love that. Yeah.
0: Okay. What other kind of stuff yes. are people doing when it comes to content on LinkedIn?
1: hmm So I've definitely also noticed a shift to more casual, like a more casual approach to video. So people are sharing a lot of talking head content around their beliefs or values, which is something that I've noticed this year. And then also adding more humor into videos. So I've seen a lot of blooper videos. And even around Halloween, I was really surprised to see how many creative videos came out on LinkedIn. There was one video that I watched. It was from a salesperson and he dressed up as Forrest Gump. It's him just like running through different areas of his town. And <laughs> these are things that, you know, probably you would expect on like TikTok or on Facebook or on Instagram. They are pretty um new for LinkedIn to see that that level of humor, but I think again, with this disconnect that we have physically, we're looking to connect with each other emotionally. And there's just been a whole bunch of – there's one trend, and I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a woman, and she – her profile photo on LinkedIn was her in a, like a pantsuit. And, you know, hair perfectly done. Makeup is perfectly done. She's sitting up straight. And it was a few months into to quarantine. She's like, I don't look like this anymore. And so she actually took a photo of herself, a new photo, a new profile photo of her out of the shower, her hair still wet, you know, she's got her hoodie on and she posted that instead on LinkedIn and that um, ended up going viral and a few other people kind of jumped in on that trend. And I thought that was so cool and so interesting to see people kind of re-examine what it means to be professional. So you're starting to see more of that, let's not take ourselves so seriously type content.
0: What about hashtags? Does that matter?
1: Hashtags, I'm always on the fence. I think that hashtags in general are great because it helps your content to be found. There are a lot of people that are following hashtags. I mean, there's some hashtags on LinkedIn that you can look up, and there's millions upon millions of people that are following them. One thing that I have learned is to not just use hashtags that describe the content, but use hashtags that your ideal audience is likely to be looking for. So I'm gonna try to explain the difference between the two. So if I am sharing content, let's say I'm sharing content as my company page and I'm sharing a LinkedIn tip. In the past, I would have put in like hashtag LinkedIn trainer, hashtag LinkedIn expert, that sort of thing. Now I've shifted. So I will share hashtags like LinkedIn help, LinkedIn tips, LinkedIn, hashtag LinkedIn for beginners, because I know that that is what Mm. my ideal audience might be looking for. So I think having a combination of both type of hashtags is going to help increase your likelihood of visibility.
0: Fascinating. All right, well, let's pivot over to LinkedIn stories because that's the thing that we're uh, going to spend quite a bit of time talking about. Yes. Talk to me about how is it different than Instagram stories and uh, let's just start with that.
1: Okay, so (laughs) first things first, when you look at LinkedIn stories, you're going to notice a big difference right off the bat. I mean, LinkedIn stories is just beginning, especially if you've been using Instagram stories for years at this point, you'll probably think that it's pretty basic. So that's number one is that it's, it's still pretty basic, especially if you've used stories on other platforms and you're used to the like the cool like filters and, and putting like a dog face on yourself. So that's one thing. The, the first thing that I'll say about LinkedIn stories is that you cannot watch LinkedIn stories on desktop, which I don't like. Mm. And the reason why is that I find it strange that you're not able to do that because LinkedIn is one of those weird platforms where 50% of the audience is on desktop still. And, and 50% are, are accessing it through mobile. So that's the first thing uh, to note is that you can only see LinkedIn stories on mobile. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I haven't seen it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Just make sure that you have the app because um, there's a lot of people that don't have the LinkedIn app so that you can check them out there. It's pretty straightforward. If you go on LinkedIn app at the very top, you're going to see just like on other platforms, uh, you'll see all your connection stories. And then you're, you're going to see your profile photo. And then it's going to say your story underneath that with like a little plus symbol. And then that's going to open up your camera roll. You can record through the LinkedIn app. app You can record uh, or you can uh, upload videos or photos that you have already on your camera roll as long as it's 20 seconds or less.
0: Quick aside, does this mean I could download my Instagram stories and re-upload them to LinkedIn stories?
1: So here's a little hack that I do because I still want it to feel like it's for my LinkedIn audience, but I really like... The filters and the text options that Instagram offers. So a little hack is that you can create the story in Instagram, but rather than post it on Instagram, just download it. So then that way you can actually say like, hey, LinkedIn fam or hey, LinkedIn friends, so that you're not posting kind of on both. I mean, you, you absolutely could as long as it's relevant.
0: You could if the, if the community overlap isn't there, right? Yeah. But you probably want to avoid some of the obvious signs that it's Instagram, right?
1: Yeah. And it also depends on your audience, right? If you are using LinkedIn. So my audience is actually pretty different on LinkedIn versus Instagram. So Instagram is my more personal. I share more of my personal life. LinkedIn is more of my work life. So it would be weird for me to be posting about my work day all day long on Instagram. So that's another thing to keep in mind is who are you speaking to? Is that content relevant to them? If not, use my workaround of like not actually posting, but just download the content so that you can still get the benefits of all the fancy filters and all that stuff that Instagram offers.
0: What types of things are you talking about with this? You said it was 20 seconds, right? 20 seconds. What are you doing with your 20 seconds in your uh, LinkedIn stories?
1: Okay. So I have so many ideas for stories. One thing that I will say to people or businesses is that you want it to be bite-sized pieces of content. So I think it's so important that whenever we're creating content anywhere, we know what the intention is. So why are people using LinkedIn Stories versus reading an article, right? If you're reading an article, you know you've got your coffee in one hand, you're like, I got five minutes before my next meeting, let me consume this. Whereas LinkedIn Stories, you already know that they're accessing it through their, their mobile phone. And so they want those like snappy bite-sized pieces of content. They want to be able to either learn something, be entertained to get a sneak peek into your life, that sort of thing in 20 seconds or less. So I do see some people and they will take a longer video and they'll use like an app and you can do this. Like if you have a relevant piece of content, but it's longer than 20 seconds. And you want to take a snippet, you can use I don't I don't know, I use it's like a story splitter or something like that. There's a whole bunch of different apps that you can use for that. And just cut it down to 20 seconds. But I have seen people do longer videos. So if you have a video that's five minutes, please don't just like use an app and post that um, as a whole because that's not why people are on there. They're not there to watch a a five-minute video. If they were, they would be in the LinkedIn feed. They want that 20-second piece of content. So that would be my first thing. The other thing that I've noticed with companies and people is a lot of people using that space to promote, which is fine. Again, selling is fine on social, but why are people in your stories? Well, if you are an individual... They're probably wanting to know something that maybe isn't covered on your LinkedIn profile, right? If you're doing a story, I'm like, well, I already know, you know, all of these things from about Mike because of his profile and maybe where he went to school and all that stuff. But like, how does Mike take his coffee? Mm. I don't even know. Do you, do you drink coffee?
0: no. I'm a soft drink guy. So I take my beverages in the can.
1: (laughs) In the can. Okay. See, I wouldn't know that, but maybe if you put it on a story, then I would. So all of these little tidbits help us because we as humans are programmed to do something called social grooming, which in other words is small talk, right? Mm. We want to know how people take their coffee. We want to know what sports teams they are cheering for. We want to know what their feelings are on a whole variety of topics. And that helps us to decide whether or not this is somebody that we can work with, that we can refer business to. These are how we we make our decisions. And so just promoting on your LinkedIn story is just such a missed opportunity right. to make those real genuine connections with people. And in so many ways, like I, I don't know about anybody else. I'm an introvert. So if I meet somebody in person, the part that I <laughs> I, I like the least is that first few moments where you're like kind of clunky about the conversation. It's like, how do you break the ice? Right. Right. Your LinkedIn story is a great opportunity for you to be able to just break the ice.
0: Awesome. Okay. So I got a bazillion questions here. So first of all, you mentioned a couple, uh, a whole bunch of things and I want to key in on a bunch of them. First of all, are LinkedIn stories available to uh, individuals and to pages?
1: As far as I know, they are available to both.
0: Okay. Someone's going
1: to message me and be like, Michaela, you said it was available to me and it wasn't. Okay. (laughs) If that happens to anybody, as far as I know. Yeah. So
0: to the best of our knowledge, it's available to both. Okay. How long does it stay up before it goes away?
1: 24 hours.
0: Okay. So it's just a day, just like Instagram. Mm -hmm. So that part is the same. What kind of actions can someone take when they are actually watching the story?
1: Okay. So this is kind of painful because I think we talked about before how only your connections can respond to your stories. So that's a little bit of a bummer.
0: You and I talked about that offline, but we didn't talk about it together here, I don't okay. think.
1: So only your connections can actually respond to your stories. So it is kind of a bummer. This might actually be an opportunity for those of you that are out there that maybe have a bigger presence on LinkedIn and have been thinking about, you know, what would be the benefit of a premium account. I would say that now with the the introduction of LinkedIn stories. Go get that premium account. Go give it a try because what it does is it gives your account so you have an open profile, meaning that even though people can't respond to your stories directly, they can still send you a message at least, right? So if you are that person, if you're an author, if you're a public figure and you have a whole bunch of followers and maybe you have a small network, but you want people to be able to engage with you, then go get the open profile so that they can do it that way. That's probably my biggest issue with it.
0: Yeah. And I learned this the hard way, right? Because when I started messing around oh, with no. stories, I asked an engagement question, right? Oh, and, yes. and I had people message me on other apps that said, I wish I could message you, but I can't. <laughs> right. Yes. So that's important, yes. right? To be careful about asking for a response because that's what yes. you would normally do on Instagram, but that's not how it works on LinkedIn. Right. So instead yes. you probably need to provide useful information, but not necessarily ask them to respond because there isn't a way for Especially if you have any, like I have a, I'm one of those guys with a small network and a lot of followers, right? Or much more followers than my network size. So yeah. I, I learned that the hard way, and that's really an important distinction. What can yeah. they do? Can they thumbs up stuff, or what can they do?
1: <laughs> I don't think they can. So. You can mention people in your stories. So if I wanted to mention you, as, as long as I'm connected to you, then I can mention you in the post. And what's nice about that is when you mention somebody, if I say I'm doing this podcast with Mike right now and I tag your name, then the next time you go onto LinkedIn, whether you're on the mobile version or on desktop, you can see that story. For the 24 hours that it's up. So as long as you're you're notified and you're online within those 24 hours and you can see it. So that is nice. I am hoping, I mean, I'm like you, like I like asking questions. I probably have every second Instagram story is a poll. So I would love to see LinkedIn introduce polls for LinkedIn stories, especially because they have been so popular. I don't think that we talked about it, but so popular. It's a relatively new feature on LinkedIn because people on LinkedIn are maybe a little bit more passive than other platforms. People aren't going on there necessarily commenting or sharing like crazy. There's, there's still a very sh- a small percentage of people that are on LinkedIn that are actually even creating content. And so polls have really filled that need, that, that void for people. If you look at any polls, you'll notice that at least double the amount of people that responded voted versus commenting. So I think that would be a really great addition to LinkedIn stories probably in 2020.
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to come back to the polls thing in just a minute here. I just want to stay on the LinkedIn stories for a minute here. So, so far, here's what we know. 24 hours, 20 seconds. I'm assuming you can have a couple of them back to back, right? Like if you can't get it all in 20 seconds, you can just post up another one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: you can. But like I said, like, don't take that long video and split it up because it's 20 seconds for a reason. LinkedIn is trying to force you to be concise and kind of condense your messaging, because that's what people are looking for, to walk away in that 20 seconds feeling like they, they got some sort of value.
0: Now, I do not see when I look at the LinkedIn mobile app, I do not see a lot of my network using stories. Okay. But I see that as an opportunity, right? What's the business upside? Because talk to everybody about that. Like, if not a lot of your network is using it and you are, what's the advantage there?
1: Oh, I mean, the advantage is that people are still watching them. There's still that interaction. And I do have a big network, but I also do have, you know, 30,000 connections. But there are so many of those connections that I may be connected to. Maybe, you know, they saw me at Social Media Marketing World last year and I didn't get a chance to chat with them. Trying to nurture those relationships is kind of tough sometimes. And so sharing these kind of bite-sized pieces of content where we're just kind of getting to know each other, it's a really great way to nurture relationships with people that you're just meeting or people that you haven't connected to in, in a long time where you can kind of keep them updated. So it's, it's for me, it's really being top of mind. And it's kind of funny because it's kind of cheesy. I'm thinking like top of the the newsfeed, top of mind, but that that really is a case.
0: That's not cheesy at all. That's a huge advantage.
1: Yeah. People are logging in. The first thing they see is your big old smile.
0: <laughs> well, and let's, you know, I was, I'm glad you went there because I was going to go there because even if they okay. don't watch the story, they see your face, right? They see your face. And yeah. you, if they haven't seen your face in a while, it might pop something into their memory because maybe they were like thinking, oh yeah, so-and-so can totally boom. And then before you know it, they go yeah. and they check out what you've been doing. Right. And that's a yeah. marketing advantage, right?
1: Yeah. And I think that we forget sometimes we think that however we consume, everybody else consumes the same way. And I I don't know about you, but I have people that I know that love articles and blog posts. I, I know people that love podcasts. I know people that will use no other feature on Instagram except Instagram stories, right? So everybody has their preference in terms of how they want to be fed content. And so LinkedIn stories is a really great opportunity, especially for those that maybe are more comfortable writing or do it like these long videos on YouTube. This is a new space to reach a new type of audience that prefers receiving their content that way. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. The preview, is it always your avatar or is it a chunk from the video like it is on Instagram? Do you understand what I mean by that? Like on Instagram, I think, and they might've changed this on Instagram, but sometimes, you know, the circle will be like a piece of whatever you posted on the Instagram story, or at least it was, you know, instead of just your, your icon, your avatar. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I never even noticed that.
0: Oh, really? Okay, cool.
1: (laughs) I never noticed that. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Well, then I would imagine on LinkedIn, it is your profile picture, right?
1: It should be your profile picture.
0: You might want to get a good profile picture if you're going to be using stories, right?
1: Yes. I love that you mentioned that because I just recently changed my background photo and I've gotten so much more engagement just by changing the background color. So this is something that I've kind of been preaching to people for a while now is to not just think of your profile photo on LinkedIn as you know, if somebody visits your profile photo or your profile on LinkedIn, what does that look like? But think of yourself as a thumbnail, right? Look on the sidebar. If you go to your profile, what does it look like on the side compared to other people that, you you know, people saw your profile and they probably will also like these other people. Think about how it stands out there. So I added this like kind of like bright blue background. But I've seen people use hot pink and try all these new types of things that people have been adding. You know, if they're looking for work, they're adding the open for work banner. I think that there's a new one for recruiters. So people are looking for new creative ways to kind of spruce up that photo. So if you haven't taken a photo or you haven't thought about your LinkedIn profile photo in a while, think about it over, you know, the, the next week or so, how you can kind of make it jump out at the top of that feed.
0: Let's go to polls. You mentioned okay. it earlier. Is that just for the personal profile? Is it also for pages? Talk to me. And then what are the options? How many options can you do in a poll?
1: Okay. So polls are available all over the place. They are available for people, they're available for companies, and they're available for uh, LinkedIn events. I don't know if there is a limit for the number of options. I've always just done
0: four. You know how on LinkedIn, I mean, on Instagram, you can only have two. So I would imagine it's it's more than two, right? Oh,
1: oh, no, no, no. So you can do, I mean, I always like do four. I don't know why in my mind, that's like the right poll number. Maybe that's like a college thing. I went to university and it was always on your exam. You had four options, but you can do multiple choices for polls. And what's re- really nice about polls is that there's so many different ways you can use them, right? I've seen people use them to conduct market research. I think if you're a marketer, And you are not sure, one of my favorite ways to use them, say that you run a company page on LinkedIn and you're like, okay, well, I have all these ideas for long form pieces of content for the month of April, but I don't know which one people actually care about. Put it in a poll. Because I used to do that just in a post, I would dress up as a genie and I would be like, I can grant you three content wishes. Right. (laughs) Which do you want me to create for you? And people would actually put in the comments which one they would want me to create. And I loved it and they loved it too because when I created it, they felt really like heard and acknowledged and like they were, I was really creating content for them. And so the same thing is true for polls, but it's much easier, right? You don't have to dress up as a genie um, where you can say, hey, you know what? We've been thinking about creating either a webinar series or, you know, a live video series or this like downloadable checklist, which one would actually really help you in your career and give like those options there and see what happens. Because like I mentioned, people on LinkedIn love, love polls, even companies that or people that aren't getting a ton of engagement tend to get a lot of response for polls just because people like sharing their opinions. And it's an easy, non-threatening kind of way to share their opinion. Because the other thing you want to remember on LinkedIn is that it's not anonymous. No, it's not even close to anonymous. You have your name, your picture, where you work. And so people are sometimes a little bit shy to share their opinion on different topics and different things. But polls allow them to do that without feeling like, oh, gosh, I can't comment on anything because I work for XYZ Corporation.
0: That's cool. I like that yeah. a lot. And you know what's fascinating is, unless I'm incorrect, Facebook has gotten rid of polls outside of groups and LinkedIn added polls. So, everybody who loves polls, go over to LinkedIn now, right?
1: I love polls.
0: Questions. Um, yeah. What's that? I mean, didn't we talked about this in pre show? I don't know if that's something new that we should talk about or what.
1: Yeah. So questions in general are just great on LinkedIn. Again, people love to share their opinion. People are kind of in a different mode. When you get into work mode, you might have like, you know, that like confidence boosting playlist pumping, and you want to share your your thoughts. You want to share your opinions with the world when you're in that work mode. And so questions, learning how to ask open-ended questions, both on the company page side and on the personal side is just a really great marketing strategy. So what do I mean by that? So things like one of my favorite questions to ask people is what's your go to coffee shop order? Mm. So I think you might be the only person that that wouldn't work for. But even if you don't drink coffee, most people are like, oh, I I love a chai tea with this. And people get so particular, like they're putting like I'd be
0: getting the strawberry. (laughs) If I was at Starbucks, I'd be getting that strawberry drink. You know what I mean? So I could probably still answer that question.
1: But to me, like a question like that is so fun because people like get really into it. And then it also kind of speaks into who they are, right? If somebody says, I take my like coffee, you know, um, black and ice cold, you might be like, this might be a strange person, right? And then where somebody else says something like, I like the pink drink, then you're like, oh, that's really interesting. It's something unexpected for that person and what I thought about them, right? So it just kind of gives you clues into the types of people that you're connected to. So I think learning how to ask those open-ended questions where people are not just saying, you know, yes or no. I, I see some companies and some people where they ask questions like, is company culture important to you? And that's not compelling. That's not going to be irresistible. Like, you want to think of this is a terrible example, but like go on BuzzFeed and like look at like the quizzes that they ask. Like some of them are ridiculous, but think about what prompts you to take action. Right. And so the questions that you ask are very similar. It's, you know, what's the best one of my favorite posts that I've ever done on LinkedIn was what is the book that you've read that's changed your life, not just business book, it can be any book. And it was fascinating. And people started messaging me being like, you need to create an article that includes all of these. And it's actually on my LinkedIn profile. It's like hundreds of books that people recommended, and they shared why it was important to them. And that wasn't the intention to create this article. But it was just, you know, how can we kind of like crack this open and make people feel heard and understood? Because that really is a first step. People kind of especially as marketers, we're like, how do we get to the finish line? And sometimes you have to take a step back and and figure out what is this person missing in order to make the decision to work with me or buy from me? And most of the time it's just trust, right? You can like lay it all out. Trust, maybe it's competence. Maybe these are the things that I need to address and start creating content around that. So questions are a really great way to open up conversations and start building that trust.
0: You mentioned articles. Yes. I know there was a day where, and and we should talk, we're not talking about linking to articles off of LinkedIn. We're talking about creating articles on LinkedIn. Like, is this still a thing? And if so, talk to us. And how can that be part of our marketing strategy on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. Mike, I don't know if you remember um, years ago when you created an article on LinkedIn and you hit publish, your entire network was notified. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was like, gosh, those were the good old days. Um, It was amazing. It
0: was almost like a blogging platform, right?
1: Oh, it was incredible. But the flip side of that, you know, it was kind of annoying to constantly get all these notifications from people, especially if you're not really interested in what they're posting. And so LinkedIn is always kind of, you know, the user first, which makes sense, but they took that feature away. So when you post it, People weren't notified like they used to be. And so a lot of people just kind of strayed away from uh, articles completely. But something that I'm really interested in and something that I'm going to be exploring personally in 2021 is this idea of newsletters. So it's the same concept. You create your post your or your article. But people will have the option to subscribe, whether it's a a daily uh, newsletter that you're creating, a weekly newsletter or a monthly newsletter. And every time you post, they will be notified.
0: Oh, but they'll be notified at the frequency that they subscribe for. Is that the idea?
1: Exactly.
0: And it's all handled by LinkedIn.
1: Yes. So it's it's more of an opt-in, which it does make more sense when you look at it that way. And you're also getting a more qualified audience, right? Not just people that are like, What is she posting about today and not really interested in what you have to say?
0: Hmm. Very fascinating. Okay, live. Let's talk live. First of all, is LinkedIn Live available for everybody yet? And is it available <laughs> for pages and personal profiles? And talk to me a little bit about that.
1: So okay. So it's available for everybody that applies as of Um, December
0: 8th, 2020, (laughs) when we're recording this, but yeah, what's the caveat though? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you you do have to apply. It's an application process, just like it used to be. But that said, I just recently went to, so I don't know if you knew this, but I actually applied for my company page and they told me no, Mm. because I have access for my personal profile. So they just told me to use it for both, which I mean, that's, I I don't think that's a strategy, but yeah. So I've tried to get access and, and haven't been able to do it. But so let me give you some information. So now you go to this link. I'll make sure that you have the link so you can put it in the show notes and all that good stuff. Um, but you basically fill out your company page URL where you're based, information about the pages admins, which is something that wasn't they didn't really care too much about before, but now they're really looking at the page admins. And then you click apply. So some things that they mentioned that they're looking for are number one, video and overall content creation history. So you can't be like a brand new page and apply and expect to be approved. Same thing, if you have an account, but you haven't used it for years, you kind of parked it there, they're also probably not going to approve you. They're looking for those pages that have been consistently creating content for a period of time. They're also looking at your audience size and engagement history. So when I say audience size, that doesn't mean, because I know some people are going to be like, okay, I guess I'm out. That doesn't mean that if you have a smaller company or a smaller community that you won't be approved. In fact, I know that LinkedIn prefers to use smaller communities for these big features because it helps them if something breaks down, you know, you're not broadcasting to a million plus people, right? more so, I think, on this part is, A, like, have a decent audience size. So, you know, at least a few hundred followers that are engaging with your content consistently because they're looking at that engagement history as well. And then your admin and page account has to be in good standing. So if you are either a page or an account that's been uh, suspended or has been using bots, and I mean, I'm kind of anti-bots on LinkedIn, period, but this should be, okay stay away from all of that stuff. Um, So that's important. And then the last one is kind of interesting to me, but you need to have two-factor authentication enabled on your account. So I think that they're really, LinkedIn has always kind of looked at what other platforms are dealing with and how they can kind of improve. And one thing that they've noticed is this kind of plaguing of misinformation and spam that's existed on other platforms. And so they're really looking to approve companies that A, show that they have consistently being creating content so that they're not approving fake pages or, or spammy pages. Um, and also having that two-factor authentication, I think, is probably important so that you're not being hacked and they're not using the the broadcast system.
0: I'm just going to say this because I hope someone from LinkedIn is listening. LinkedIn, you got to open up a little bit here. Uh-huh. Every other social platform on the planet has live and it's easy. Even TikTok, you can get it really, really quickly. Uh you guys are missing out on an opportunity here. Make it easier for people. End of rant. Okay. (laughs) It's just been far too long, right? That carrot has been out there well over a year and it's still not open. You're owned by Microsoft. You have the technical capabilities. Open it up a little bit. Now, having said all that, (laughs) does it take forever to get approved or is it relatively quickly from what you've been hearing?
1: It should be quick. Okay. You know, especially if you're following the application process, you kind of, meet all the criteria, it should be quick. I should mention, too, because if you haven't used LinkedIn Live for either your personal account or for your company page, that it's not like once you get approved, it's not like you click a button and then you go live. Right. Yeah. Talk to me about that. (laughs) Yeah. So you still have to use a third party tool to broadcast. So whether it's social live and switcher, restream. And there's
0: a limited number of tools that work, right?
1: Limited number. So there is definitely a learning curve, especially if you have not used any broadcast tools. So it's not as simple if you've used live on Wherever TikTok, Instagram, uh, Instagram Facebook, Facebook yeah, yeah, there is going to be more of a learning curve. And the other thing that I will mention, because I I am a solopreneur, don't go live solo. Why? Because you are not going to be able to see the all the comments rolling in. You won't be able to like interact with it. Oh uh, yeah. Because you're using that third-party tool, so you definitely want to have somebody that's going to manage kind of like the community, the back end of things. I love that. While you're hosting a, a broadcast, because that's something that throws off a lot of people. They realize that they can't see what other people are saying, so there is that disconnect there as well.
0: Now, we've been going live on LinkedIn for a while on our page through one of our co-hosts, and um, and we get amazing engagement. Mm-hmm. So. What happens when you go live? Like how, what's the notifications and stuff? Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Okay. So yeah, we've, (laughs) we've kind of been talking about the cons of LinkedIn live, but the pros are that it is working extremely well for companies that are using it. So I just saw like a few things, automation anywhere is a company. So they launched one of their products. And they went live across all platforms and 78% of views came from LinkedIn alone and generated over 400 comments. Wow. And then Salesforce ran this like 11 part live uh, video series on LinkedIn and that brought in more than 600,000 organic views and 3% engagement rate. So the quality and quantity on LinkedIn is incredible
0: what happens after the video is over with yes the live
1: oh after it's up so it still lives in your feed the
0: comments all stay there and everything yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah
1: all that stuff is available You can certainly, especially because you're using third-party tools, what is nice about that is that you can download the video. So I do that a lot. I'll do like an interview with somebody, download the video, and then use snippets of it for other content, kind of repurposing it that way. So that's really nice. And I mean, if you wanted to a week later say, hey, did you miss this interview that I had with Social Media Examiner? Here's a link to the broadcast. Then people can go and watch it again. So that is nice. And you can see all the comments as well.
0: How long are people generally going live for? Is it short or is it long? Or what's, what's been your experience?
1: Okay, so I have seen everything across the board. I have seen, so let's, let's talk about live because I think live for companies is kind of a struggle of people trying to figure out what they should post. So one company that I really love, Gong, they did this thing last year where it was a 12 Days of Swagmas. So they went live for like a minute or two with a trivia question. And then viewers had to leave their guests in the comment section and they chose a winner every day. So it was like a minute and a half to two minutes tops for 12 days straight. But then I've also seen companies that will do like an interview series like Salesforce did. And then I've seen like Microsoft. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that they went live for more than two hours because what they wanted to do was create this kind of virtual version of their annual summit. And so people could feel like they were actually present there. So I have seen everything across the board. It really depends on what's the intention, right? So for Gong, it wouldn't make sense to go live for two hours for a trivia game. But for Microsoft, where they might be announcing their latest products at the very end, and they want people to stay on and stay tuned, well, then that, that would be a better approach.
0: Awesome. Well, Alexa, I'm a M- Michaela. I can't be the first person who's accidentally done that, right?
1: (laughs) You're going to turn on my Alexa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Michaela Alexis. Sorry, my dyslexia just kind of popped in there. You're going to be teaching a two-hour workshop as part of our social media marketing workshops coming up in March uh, called How to Build and Grow a Loyal Community on LinkedIn. Just give people like a minute or whatever on why you're looking forward to that and maybe what they might discover.
1: You know, Mike, I don't know if you knew this, but I have never talked about the one thing that I can talk about, which is how to build a strong personal presence on LinkedIn and then also do the same thing for companies. It's always kind of been one or the other. And so this workshop is going to be incredible because... Number one, I love organic marketing. I've been in the marketing world for over a decade now, and I've always been attracted to the organic side. And I think LinkedIn is one of those spaces that's really misunderstood and is really unique. And so this workshop is really going to be like that A to Z blueprint of how to get started on LinkedIn, how to build your, your personal presence, and how that also ties into the company side of things as well, because I know that there's so many people that are kind of doing all the things and, and looking for ways to integrate and support each piece of the brand. Um, So we're definitely going to be walking through, you know, how to optimize your profile, um, how to network like a pro, how to create content, some of the things that have worked for me and how I've been able to create viral content on LinkedIn over the past four years, and then how to take some of the lessons that I've learned through personal branding on LinkedIn and apply it for the business side of things and start turning those followers into LinkedIn page followers and those LinkedIn page followers into clients and paying customers.
0: Sweet. Well, marketingworkshops.live is where everybody can check it out. But I want to know where everybody can check you out, Michaela, because you're an amazing person. And if people want to follow you and discover more about you and they don't make it to the workshops, where do you want to send them?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, of course, on LinkedIn. I mean, you can follow me on my personal account if you want to see what I'm up to and see my kind of like more career milestones. You can also find me on my company page, which is very confusingly also called Mikhail Alexis. If you're kind of confused which one is which, uh, my company page is the one with the pink logo. And that's where I share all my LinkedIn training and tips and strategies. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Mick Alexis. I'm so excited about this one. I'm on TikTok where I share these like really quick, LinkedIn tips. I'm also reviewing my followers' profiles on TikTok, which has been very interesting. Um, And my handle there, I'm so excited about. It's at LinkedIn Queen. Sweet. (laughs) And then, of course, you can find me on my very boring website name, which is (laughs) mickalexis.com.
0: Mick, M-I-C, Alexis.com. Is that right? Yes. Sweet. Michaela, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all these tips and techniques and stuff on behalf of all of my audience. We're better because of it. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. Also, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com 440. If you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. You don't want to miss all the great content we've got coming your way. If you've been a long time listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I am at Stelsner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week.